I think I'm just going to record to the. I'm just going to record to the cloud, and uh, we'll start uh, doing it this way. Hmm. All right, I got it. We're being uh, live streamed once again. Uh, the 183rd episode of um, you know meeting with friends here on our roundtable or the current event show, whichever you want to call it. I like to call it the current event show, but I think we're going to start. I think maybe we might be changing the name of this show to you can write a book about that or you should write a book about that, you know? <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Wednesday on the uh, whatever day it is, what, the 22nd? And it is 5.05 in the afternoon. So everybody is, this is the busiest travel day of the year. And so uh, we are um, we are here having a good time, uh, partying our, our behinds off uh, for those kids that are listening. Um, and remember, this is an opinion <laughs> show. So whatever you hear, um, do your own research. And welcome. Welcome, everybody. And happy and a healthy Thanksgiving to everyone, including all of the American Indians out there that are listening. So I uh, just want to let you know that this is a great holiday for everybody. So don't don't forget to, you know, to send the cards and letters. So welcome. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. I just saw uh, David Letterman on Stephen Colbert uh, the other night, and that was really entertaining. I don't know if you're into David Letterman, but he's just a unique guy and he was he was Stephen Colbert's guest on the show it was it was really great to see and he's really a fan of music and so he brought on the band that he wanted to have play the a band called the national you ever heard of them no 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 neither had I but yeah, it was it, one of his favorite bands and he wanted them to play on his episode of Stephen Colbert you know because it was like you know David Letterman used to do his show from that same theater where Stephen Colbert's yeah. show is done from now. So it's kind of a, a momentous occasion to bring David Letterman back to his theater. It was very cool. Anyway. It was very cool. I, I didn't get to see it. I just saw the, uh, I just saw the opening monologue because I, I catch it on YouTube rather than YouTube TV. And uh, I was going to watch the Letterman as Letterman's an acquired taste though. He is an acquired taste, but, uh, He's been you should you time. should watch if you, if you have a chance to watch that interview with him and Stephen Colbert. I think you'll get a kick out of it, no matter what, because uh, he's uh, he's just quirky as all as all David Letterman has always been. Has he shaved, or does he still have that huge beard? <laughs> still has a giant Santa Claus beard. He's pretty pretty interesting looking, but uh, that's his thing, I guess. It's crazy, you know, for I guess I guess he must have said to himself, you know, I had to be clean shaven all of these years to be on TV. So screw it, you know, screw it. You know, um, I don't want to be I, I don't want to look like that anymore. I want to look like Santa Claus, you know, because that I is guess, a big I white guess band, so. You know, it's very you know? big. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty different. He was talking about his son just went off to college last year. He's a sophomore now. He was talking about how it was his wife's birthday that day. He was good. He was really good. Yeah. You know, he had this show on Netflix and I'm trying to remember without any introduction, I think is what it's called. Yeah, this is some and, some and, quirky name. Yeah. This this next our next guest needs no introduction or something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And I've watched some of them. I mean, some of them are really good. As a matter of fact, everyone I watched was really good. Um, and uh, the one that stands out, I guess, 
I guess uh, the one that stands out to me was the Seinfeld one, which I thought was pretty cool. You know? Yeah, Seinfeld's uh, and he a, did great, Barack a great Obama. I thought he's it was good really at chatting. Cool. Yep, very cool. Good interviewing. Good interviewing. So, uh, yep. speaking of old timers, the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones, the Mick Jagger's what? Over 80, and they are going back out on the road, the Rolling Stones. I find that I find that fascinating. That you saw who sponsors the t- sponsor of the tour is the, the AARP. Uh, it's crazy. That's it's the crazy. best. That's just a fun. That's just funny. Sorry. Yeah. No, I think it's crazy that they that they're being sponsored by the uh, the the uh, Association of Retired People. You know. I think yeah, that's what it stands great. for. American Association of Retired People. Right? Isn't that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, they're a pretty big lobbying organization. I'm a member. Uh, you know, it's like one of those things that you 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 say when they finally send you your invitation. You say, "I'm not that old. Uh, what do I need this for?" You know. If this is for this is for my father, right? Okay. Yeah, this is not for me. This is not for right. me. Right. What the hell? You know. So, um, right. you know, but but. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool that they're doing it. And the Stones, uh, you know, the Stones had to approve it. So, hey, there you have it. It's you know? going to be great. Another big stadium tour. That's what the world needs. Another big stadium tour for 2024. Well, when you think about it, okay, so Live Nation had the like the the best the best year ever. Billions and billions and billions of dollars that they made. I think uh, 2.3 billion. And now... They've been uh, stonewalling the Senate, the U.S. Senate. So uh, the U.S. Senate subcommittee just issued them a subpoena, Live Nation, because they're not cooperating with all these junk fees, you know. And I believe that they're thinking that that uh, Ticketmaster now part of Live Nation and uh, is now a uh, a monopoly and controlling the concert industry, which you you know I never would have thought that that would have been an industry that people would would regulate but it seems like it needs to be regulated cuz uh, people like to be entertained and they're charging but they're taking advantage they're taking advantage of that yeah, monopoly big time they got their fees yeah. like like crazy so wait now what's the relationship between AEG live and live nation they're two separate entities that do the same thing right that's correct they're two different companies two different companies because AEG live what runs like the uh Crypto.com Arena used to be the Staples Center in L.A., right, doesn't it? Well, they only have a fraction of the market, whereas Live Nation has the bulk of the market. Live Nation okay. is going into not only do they not only do they own Ticketmaster um, and remember, do your own opinion, you know, do your own research right now, because I'm just making this up as I go. But uh, not only do they own Ticketmaster, but they also own all the venues that, you know, they've owned so many venues uh, i.e. the House of Blues, they own that. Uh, and they own a bunch of other venues. I don't know them all. But so basically, and they have management, you know, whereas they manage artists as well. So basically, they have basically a vertical operation where they have the artist, they have the venue, they have the ticket sales, and they're controlling all of this. So the the thought was, is that, look, if you're going to book my act, you're gonna you're gonna book it my way, and I'm not going to let you. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna book something from another 
agency, then we're not going to cooperate with you. So you either have to book all of our acts all of the time, or we're not going to give you anything. And then you're going to be stuck with the dribs and drabs of what, you know, with, with what AEG has to offer you and that'll limit you. So uh, Live Nation is really, I think that they have created a monopoly. Well, the future will tell how that pans out. Well, it's, you know, Richard Brumathal is, uh, is, ha- has subpoenaed them. And so I think we're going to find out pretty soon on uh, what's going on with Live Nation. Um, you, you, you actually, not only do you perform with shows with, with uh, Barry Manilow, but you also are a ticket buyer, uh, which, is, which is interesting to me. That you that you go out and buy concert tickets. Well, I don't. I'm not one of those people that's connected to everybody that can. Oh, hey, Joe, can you get me into the show? You know, I'm not one of those people. There's lots of those people that every that know everybody or know enough people that they never pay for tickets. But I was never one of those people. Oh, I was. I I was definitely one of those people. And 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 not only was I one of those people, I was backstage on most of the shows, so it was kind of it's it was a kind of interesting transition, of well, do I buy a ticket and sit in the audience where I have no control over my destiny, or do I not go to the show because I'm so used to being with the artist and being backstage for all the years that I was in the concert business. Right. Well, I. You know, I, I you know, I have chosen to, uh, you know, Cheryl likes to go see shows and she like, you know, likes that a lot. So I just try to be a, a, an attendee and I try not to let my um, pickiness about the, the concert uh, get in the way of, our, of her experience. So I try to make it a good experience for her by not focusing on that stuff too much. And I, you know, she, if I were to know somebody that was uh, working at a concert and I, they got me backstage passes or something, she wouldn't even be interested in doing that because where do you sit? Where do you enjoy the concert? Not backstage, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's mostly just trying to keep Cheryl happy. Yeah. I mean, the the basic, the basic thought process that I, I think about it, you know, is that I've been backstage so many times and you know, I remember one time, and, and this is, you should write a book about this. Oh, I should. Oh, yeah. Uh, what a what a coincidence. Uh, but basically, I remember one time being backstage at a Bon Jovi show. And I was with my good friend, Peter, who was their travel agent. And we were in the office talking about, I don't know what we were, we, 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 were, we were bullshitting about something with, uh, with uh, uh, John's production manager, um, great guy, Omar Abderman, love him. And we were just, we were just talking about stuff and nothing, you know, just like we're, just like we're rambling on here. And I realized that the band was on stage and it it made me realize that, man, the reason I got into this business in the first place was for the music because I love the music. And now I am on the business side in the back of it. And I said, guys, I got to go out and listen to the band. You know, and so I went out and listened to the band and, you know, it's it's crazy that I've been involved with so many different bands, especially selling the gear to so many bands. And I mean, we've worked with so many different artists over the years 
And I have personally being in the A&R world, uh, you know, working for a record label, um, you know. Um, so it was you, you and living in Hollywood that's or living in Las Vegas where you get to see the best of the best of the acts. And now being in Thailand, uh, some of my friends say, hey, we're going to see the ABBA tribute band. What? Oh, no, I can't do that. I just can't do that. I can't do that. Oh, come on. There'll be food and drinks. Let's go. We're all going. And I went to go see the ABBA tribute band. And no matter how hard I wanted to be in the moment of, you know, being wrapped up with the ABBA tribute band, they were horrible. I mean, they were just Oh, horrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, that's too bad. Oh. You know, I was hoping you I was I, I was hoping you were going to end that that st that story with. And I went to see Abbott Tribute Band, and they were fabulous, and I had a great time. I just, you know, turned off all those picky things that I normally would would uh, have, uh, thinking about uh, why they're doing this or why they're doing that. And you turned it all off, and you loved the Abbott Tri Tribute Band. But that was not the story. Oh, well. Well, I'm, I'm going to change my story now because that's what you want to hear. I'm telling you, they were amazing, unbelievable. I mean, they even looked like Abba, you know, at least the cartoon version of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, Dave, David works for that Eagles tribute band and he's having a great time working for them. It's almost yeah. as if he's working for the Eagles. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it's it. I wish he was here right now, but I guess he's got more important things to do. He's eating ribs. I'm sure he does. Is. Yeah. So. So, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, there's been people around a long time like Dick Van Dyke is still alive. I mean, well, but um, but you mentioned Oba Omar Abdurrahman. Now, let me just tell you, you know, Omar was Barry Manilow's production manager for some months, many years ago. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time. And and so and he was also production manager on some shows that uh, Barry's monitor guy did. And so I texted Omar a while ago. I forget why, but I texted him a while ago and he remembered me and stuff. And he's a great guy. He is absolutely amazing, amazing guy. He's working with the Jonas Brothers right now. Oh, is he? That's funny because I know somebody that's working on that show. I'll have to say something to them. Yeah, he's the production manager. And he's done some – I've traveled all over the world going to some of the shows. that He did Miley Cyrus. Uh, he did um, Ariana Grande. Uh, he's one of those guys that just knows how to make it all happen, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And puts the right people in the right places so that he's confident everything is going to. And he has some some phrases that he likes to use. And I remember every once in a while I flash back to uh, Omar would say, um, you know, showtime is eight o'clock as God intended. <laughs> That's well, he seems things to like get that, it yeah. together. Well, he's he got it really it together, together yeah. He, does yeah. A, he does he does shows all he, over the world here here was his his claim to fame on the Manila tour was that on on the Manila tour barry said i just want to have one camera focused on me for the whole show and just keep it on my face and that'll work that'll work i promise you that'll work and omar was like no we're not doing that we're not doing that and he he kind of refused to do that for a while eventually i think he gave in and said go ahead whatever and and frankly Barry's right. It works 90% of the time. You can just stay on his face, but you should have a properly cut show for his show. It's just so silly when it's just one camera, the whole show, but it works for 90% of the show. 
Well, the interesting thing is, is it's the audience perspective. What do you think the audience wants to see? And so the IMAG aspect is that it does it, it basically the director of the IMAG is really controlling what the what he believes that the audience wants to see. You know, and of course, the artist has overall control of what it is. If he says, hey, I want, you know, I want you to put that camera on my mug and follow me around. Well, you know, um, that sounds to me that that's what's going to happen. And then the audience has to look at, you know, focus on what they want to see with binoculars. If they want to see the guitar riff or they want to see the saxophone player or they want to see the backup singers or whatever it is they want to see, you know. Right, but the right, but the uh, the uh, average concert goer is fine with the uh, with what the director wants them to see, right? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I mean, then you go into a thing like the Sphere, and then you know where 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 the video is everywhere, and it's 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 an intricate part of the show, um, and then a lot of it is pre-recorded as well. But I would think that you know, I mean, one of my, I mean one of my very first gigs was doing IMAG, and my very first uh, road tour was on the road with Led Zeppelin doing IMAG, although it didn't last very long. Um, and that's and that's something I should write a book once I hear from my lawyer about the statute of limitations of what I did, uh, you know, but that's about the size of it. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people would be, uh, would be, uh, not able to write about what they're write about their stories because especially these days, because they signed NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. And so there's only so much you can say that doesn't void your, I mean, it doesn't, uh, disobey your NDA and get you in a lot of trouble. Right. Yeah, well, not only that, of course, you know, in the old days of uh, sex, drug and rock and roll, you know, now you can't you, the, you know, you can't you can talk about the drugs part uh, and you can talk about the rock and roll part, but you can't talk about the sex part, you know, because uh, it could come back to haunt you, especially yeah, if you're famous. Politically, I mean, correct, politically correctness. Yeah. Well, yeah. What happened to him? I noticed he's fallen from grace, so to speak. He's uh, is he still uh, out there doing shows? Um, well, he's he's quite old, and I think he did have some medical problems. But right now, uh, he's being sued by like an ex-girlfriend, you know, um, on, on something. But you'd have to do your own research on that, you know. Oh, sorry to hear that. That's too bad, you know, because you know, forever it was like do whatever you want. It's show business, you you know. It's like. It's another world and we live by different rules. We don't go by the laws, you know, the that the government makes. We go by different different laws. But now well, that's turning that around. Basically, I think it I think what's happened is is that America has become too litigious. I mean, that's all there is to it. They're just there's it's it's not about like um what was it? Uh, um Diddy, is that the guy's name, Tina? Um, Sean Diddy, Sean, uh, uh Diddy, yeah, Sean Combs, P. Diddy, yeah, Sean he Combs. has a lot of names. So basically, yeah, so basically his ex-girlfriend sued him or, you know, and it wasn't about anything but the money. Well, she tried, she it was so was quick, money. the settlement. <laughs> yeah, it was all about money, you know, it wasn't about anything else. I mean, what do they say? Uh, there is, there's nothing worse than, uh, the fury of a scorned woman. You know? Well, wait, what are we yeah. talking about? Which lawsuit are we talking about? The recent one? 
Yeah, the one where he just made this huge settlement that nobody knows about because she well, accused you know, him Jan, of... Well, you know, Jan, let me tell you something. I, I, I something. agree with her because this dude isn't what everybody thinks he is, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So, so if she claims, her claims are really, really terrible. And if he decided to settle it for between 10 and 99.9 million, according to CNBC, then something happened. You know, you he forced her, she claims he forced her into sex slave trade. He raped her, he beat her all the time. I mean, I used to always wonder why they separated so quick and why they didn't look happy all the time. Why they were always separate, yeah. the way he carried her. So I, I'm not saying that she didn't sue him because she needed money, but I'm saying she needed to be compensated for that. That's fine. You know, he has it. He's worth a, over a billion, so you know, unbelievable. I mean, he... Over a billion dollars. Wow, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what men do. It's you know, isn't yeah. it? I, I mean, mean but he it's appalling so to me. Quick. It's appalling to I mean, me. Think about well, that. he doesn't want the bad press, right? But well, he can't afford it. He must have been. He must. He must have been at least a little guilty, right? right? About him. Exactly. He must have been at least a little guilty. He had to be. But well, good for her. Lot, hopefully, a, she hopefully she got a lot of rumors money. about him going around right now. So that would just blow everything out of the water for him. So yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, usually what we find out is is that you know if you're in the wrong, if you're in if you're in the wrong, that you fight it. If you're in the right and you're being you 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 settle as quickly. You know if they're in the right, you settle as quickly as possible. You know he if you you know if you're in the wrong, you, <laughs> like it was settled. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I heard that a long time ago. If you're in the right, you know, if you're in the right, you know, you, 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 you just settle, get it over. Did you see, Jan? Did you did? Speaking of settling, did you see that movie? Uh, what's it called? The Burial. The Burial. Did you see that movie yet? Not yet. No, I haven't seen it. That that movie in that movie, the uh, the key um, person in the movie, the funeral home operator, did not want to settle. And his lawyer really did not want to settle. That lawyer, who was played by Jamie Foxx, said, "We're not settling. No way are we settling. If we're settling, we're settling for uh, it's a no because I have never lost a case, and he considered a settling as a loss. So uh, he was like, uh, he, he he if they were going to settle, it was, you got to see the movie. But it, and it's it, anyway the point. The point is, it's a true story, and it actually happened this way in terms of the settlement. And in the end." They they won the case and the and the jury awarded him an extraordinary amount of money and it was way more than any of the settlements that were offered and um, anyway it's it's an interesting story I'm sorry to change the subject away from P Diddy no, but uh, no, but settling no, 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 is no, no, settling I is, mean, is, is, a, is a very common a thing. thing to start about right now you know and the, the reality is the reality is is of course uh, you know it all it all blends together in reality it all just blends together. <laughs> Well, lawsuits and settlements and things like that, you know, the the, the case, the, the case that that uh, funeral home operator had in the burial was a really good case. And, and I guess so, because he won and the jury awarded him tons of money. And then then they appealed, they appealed it and they lowered the amount, but he still paid him way more. He, the reason he wanted to, wanted to 
get so much money from this other company was because they tried to put him out of business as a small operator. And so he was like, in return, I'm going to put you out of business. And he succeeded as the small guy. It was like David, David and Goliath kind of story, you know? It was really cool. Yeah. So I highly well, recommend that movie, especially because Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones are just such great actors. You wouldn't even think that they were an actor. They were just, they were that person. And Jamie, Jamie Foxx played the lawyer and oh, just a great character. You know, he's a great, um, my father would call him a character, you know, just a great um, personality that that lawyer had. It was cool. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, well, that that's is, my film recommendation I mean, hey. for the week. Well, I would say that's a good that's a good a good recommendation. I'm going to see Napoleon tonight uh, for Thanksgiving because uh, you know uh, I hear it's a really good movie. Napoleon, it's a huge big screen kind of thing. Joaquin Phillips, you know that's his name. Joaquin Phillips is that his name? Sounds familiar. I believe it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yes, that's, that's his name. He's one hell of a character actor, man. When he gets into a role, man, he gets into it all he the way. He becomes I mean, that speaking person. Speaking of yeah, Letterman. Yeah. You know, speaking of Letterman with that interview, that was one of like the more famous interviews where he was in character of one of his characters that he wouldn't get out of. I think that could be the reason why Letterman grew a beard, you know, is thanks to Joaquin Phoenix having a uh, a beard. It's Joaquin no Phoenix. Kidding. That's what it is. Not Phillips. Wait, yeah. uh, Joaquin Phoenix. So wait, did are you saying he was on the David Letterman show and it was a very memorable interview? It was uh, it was an amazing interview because he wouldn't say anything. What? He basically just didn't say anything in the interview. It was like only one word answers and stuff. So if I remember correctly, yeah, just Google. That's a that's a chat. That's a talk talk show host's nightmare. Somebody that doesn't answer in full sentences. Wow. Yeah, it was like he was in character. He was like almost he was like drunk. If I remember, I, I but he wasn't drunk. He was just. Playing the character, whatever character he was, you know, doing the, the the publicity tour for at the time. So, wow. but speaking of characters, oh. Dick Van Dyke, man, Dick Van Dyke will be honored in a CBS special airing next month. So, I mean, Dick Van Dyke, man, like what a lovable guy. And old. And lovable. Yeah. Very old, I think right? he's in his, I think he's getting to be in his, like his 90s. I mean, there's a lot of characters out there that are in their 90s right now that that, you know, that we like Mel Brooks is still alive, I believe. And he's 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 getting up there in in his 90s. And I think um, I'm, I'm I don't remember if Carl Reiner is still with us or not, but Rob Reiner Carl is definitely Reiner, with yeah. us. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner must be. Yeah. And Rob Reiner is now in the news. Have you seen this? Uh, have you seen Rob Reiner going around doing the publicity oh. circuit right now? He's got a he's got a uh, a podcast out. It'll be 10 series of who killed JFK. They now oh, have I, proved I heard it's I heard it's real interesting. There's some twists to it's, the story. It's amazingly it's it's, you know, like it's like he says, if you were alive, what does that say? That says Carl Reiner died in 2020. <laughs> oh, well, he's gone. So, uh, just goes to show you, that was my opinion. He must be still alive. That was totally, totally wrong. <laughs> but he's alive in your mind, and that's a good Yeah, I guess so. But he was 98 you know? when he died in 2020. Yeah. 98. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, Kennedy is definitely dead. And uh, But the question is, you know, how did he die? Is that the, is it, is it disputable? I mean, is it... Uh, 
negotiable sort of i mean are they talking about different oh, they methods absolutely, they, they absolutely now have proof that that you know the incredible bullet i mean there was a scene on seinfeld where they did a takeoff on that with uh with uh with a with a baseball player um uh about with a with uh newman had spit on him and stuff you know stuff like that where he spit on newman that's what it was uh keith something or other i can't remember the the character but anyway no i didn't know this i didn't i did not know this is that the bullet the bullet they said there was only one bullet but it would have been a magic bullet because it went in through his chest went out through his head hit the guy in the wrist then hit the guy in the and and the the other guy in the car uh and it turns out that the zabruda film had not been seen well the film there was a guy who in the crowd who had taken a, a home movie and he caught it all on on video and it turns out that the Warren Commission, when they said that it was a lone gunman acting, uh, you know, independently of everyone else, turns out that's not true. That wasn't true at all. So, so Dick Van Dyke it, is 97 years old and he's going to have a birthday uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks, December 13th. If he makes it to December 13th, he'll be 98 on December 13th. Wow. How about that? Very good. And I just want to add one thing right now. Dick Van Dyke was not mentioned at all in the Zabruda film or with Rob Reiner and JFK it's a separate story so so, so, so where where so what's the who's got a, a, a what is it a podcast or a, a broadcast or something it's about it's a podcast it's a podcast oh. it's out um it's out it's Rob Reiner and um Soledad oh. O'Brien which is a uh, she's a newscaster NPR she's a journalist yeah yep. yes she's, yep yeah. she's a journalist and he has been doing this research. And so anyway, one of the things that they found and proven that it wasn't just a lone gunman. It's impossible to be a lone gunman. And How then about that? he's he, like one of the first things that that uh, that that um, uh, God, I just got mental Blake mental mental block on the guy that uh, was uh, was Lee Harvey Oswald. Be, Lee Harvey Oswald. When the first thing he said in the interview was, I'm a patsy. And then. I mean, just think on live TV, he was walked into the police station and a bar owner was able to have a gun and kill this guy in the police station. So um, and then so so what I did not know and Rob Reiner points out at the time that Kennedy was a peace Nick and he wanted peace. Well, you know. He didn't want to do the Vietnam thing. He wanted us out of Vietnam. He did, you know, the Bay of Pigs, if you don't know what it was, is that the CIA had, had convinced him that we needed to do an invasion of Cuba because it was too close to America to have to be for it to be communist. And he was assured by the CIA that it would be a no-brainer, just in and out, be all done. Uh, they would think that it was Cuban exiles that had done it, not the CIA. And it blew up in their face. And so are we saying, it, the, so the theory is that it was basically the government that killed JFK? Is that what you're saying? No. Is that the theory? It's not the theory. What the theory is, is that if you were, Rob Reiner goes along the lines of saying, if this is a criminal investigation, the first thing that you're going to do is round up all the possible suspects who might have had a motive to kill the guy. Right. Right. But what I didn't know, and probably you didn't know, is that at, the, at that time, because of the Bay of Pigs, 
the CIA operation that failed miserably and Kennedy took responsibility for it, he was misled by the CIA. And so Kennedy had secretly made plans to disband the CIA. So because of that, they had motive. Right? So somebody was out thing. to get him. Somebody was out to get him. Right. General LeMay his, his, is, is the General LeMay, who was the Air Force colonel, who was the head of chief of staff of the military. He, too, was against Kennedy because Kennedy wanted to have peace. He felt it was a bad idea with Russia. Oh, interesting. Well, I'll have to listen to that podcast. Do you know the name of that podcast other than that I can look up uh, Rob Reiner and Soledad O'Brien? Yeah. Who killed JFK? It's only about that. That's their only subject, huh? That's it. Oh, how interesting. I'll have to look it up. Hey, by the way, did you see, did you see, I I don't want to rub in uh, bad news, but Spotify premium subscribers now have access to audible books or i mean are uh what's it called books that are on books on tape so to speak books right, uh, right. what's that called what's the name for it um That's anyway it. books on you know like uh you, you know pre-read audible. books yeah but not audible, audible brand is the necessarily no is the audible brand, yeah. is audible is amazon so basically yeah, oh, they're just yeah having books on i would call it you know recorded books Recorded books, so they have those. Yeah, audio that's part of books. Spotify now. That's part of Spotify now. They just call it audio books. Audio books, thank you. Audio books. So audio books are now on Spotify. You can look up any book, uh, and maybe it'll be available to read. I mean, to listen to. You know, on Spotify, you're allowed as a premium uh, user. You're allowed 15 hours a month of listening. So that's great, don't you think? Well, 15 hours would would be a short story. Uh, most of these books are a lot longer than that. So they, they'll get well, you coming yeah. and going there. Well, I'm not sure how you can get more hours of reading, but I suppose you can get an Audible subscription or something, but I don't think Spotify would be interested in that. Spotify is probably has some sort of upgrade or path or something, right? I'm not sure. Well, speaking of bad news, although I don't listen to it, uh, the rumor is is that Joe Rogan's contract is up and he's leaving Spotify. That's okay. I'm not a fan. Yeah, but anyway, and basically the the rumor is um is that he's going to X. He's he was going to have a show on X. But right now, that would make I don't sense. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I don't know if they have enough money to do it now because they're losing they, they <laughs> billions every all day. Yeah. Advertising, you know. Yeah, it's great. I mean, That's so great. Oh my god. What a, what a what a crazy situation. I had no idea who was advertising on, you know, on X and huge dollars. I mean, like you have Apple, which is over a million dollars, IBM over a million dollars. All the, all the, the uh, TV networks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The NFL. The NFL. Wow. I had no idea how much money the NFL was spending on on on, on Spotify, um, on uh, on X. I had no idea on Twitter, you know? Well, I'm sorry to say that I got to run, but uh but I hope you have a th- happy Thanksgiving there in Thailand and Tina have a happy Thanksgiving in Vegas or wherever you go. And, uh, well, but I, I gotta go. I think we've been on pretty much. We have some other stories I want to talk about, but before you go, I'm just going to say this. Martha Stewart is not having a Turkey day this year. She's canceled her Thanksgiving dinner. And that is that because that is her sad. best friend uh, uh, stopped smoking pot. What? 
Oh yeah, Snoop Dogg stopped smoking pot. There's a there's something else that's you know. But they're good friends, right? So maybe that's why. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I all I would say is that uh, it's too bad. Uh, too bad, you know, that she's not having Thanksgiving. So anyway, that's about it. Yeah, well, we will. Let's see what else. I that's about all I wanted to talk about anyway today. I just want to wish everybody a very happy and a healthy Thanksgiving. And um, just so you know, we do have a link with the difference between sweet potatoes and yams. Basically, not much. <laughs> They're both root vegetables, so who cares? Really, you know, I think you're not going to feel cheated if you order sweet potatoes and you get yams. I don't think anybody will say, hey, I ordered sweet potatoes these yams. Take them back. You know, um, you know nobody's going to say that. And sweet as long as they have marshmallows in it, you, <laughs> yeah, as long, as long as there's marshmallows <laughs> on top, who cares? Really, seriously, you know, that's it, you know. And on that so, note, we say happy Thanksgiving. Hasta la vista, baby. That's it. We'll we'll talk to you again next week. Ken, thanks for joining us. Tina, thanks for joining us. I wish you all a very happy and a healthy Thanksgiving. Thank um, we're going to leave you now and just have a great time. Remember, you make it happen. Share the show with your friends. Uh, if you want, become the panel. And uh, remember, everything you heard today was an opinion. And I will leave you with my my one thought. You make it happen. Go out and make it happen. Stay safe. Stay healthy, everybody. Until next week, we'll see you then. And bye for now. And we are off.